Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is a match from Podmatch. She has over 15 years of experience in the criminal justice system, has a master's in social work. She's a mom, a wife, and a life coach. It's Tabitha Perry. Welcome, Tabitha. Thank you, Julia. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. We were chatting a little bit before I hit record, and you are from Minnesota. Are you from Minnesota originally? Actually, no. So I am originally from Alaska. And so oh wow, Minnesota is actually like a tame version <laughs> of Alaska. <laughs> so it's amazing. But I lived in Texas and Colorado as well. So if they all had a baby, Alaska and Texas and Colorado, Minnesota is like the perfect little child. So I just absolutely love living here. That's crazy. What part of Minnesota are you are you currently? So just outside of Minneapolis. Oh, nice. I um I did a volunteer program based out of there, like when I like twenty years ago. And so I do have some friends that from that program that are still kind of in that area. But why don't you share a little bit more about yourself with us? Yeah. So I uh, was born and raised in Alaska, and I um absolutely love. Not to be like outdoorsy adventurous, but I am socially adventurous. (laughs) I love people Mm -hmm. and getting to know who they are and what they want. And actually, I kind of like to start out by introducing myself by saying that I am Tabitha and I'm a strong and courageous, bold and consistent child of God. A lot of times when we ask someone like, oh, like, who are you? You ask like, what do you do? Are you married? Do you have kids? And that tells you a little bit about something, but I've found that having this personal contract kind of like claiming some of these bold statements for myself has been really helpful for people to be like, oh, that's what she's about. So that has been something that I have um, really enjoyed sharing with other people. Yes, I totally agree. I think a lot of times we take our identities in what we do or where we're from, and that is all a part of us. But I, I, I agree that like I had to learn a while ago that I might take my identity and my faith as well and just being being gods and being who he created me to be. Um, and that all being said, I am very curious about your criminal justice background. So like, what has your experience been like or what? where have you worked or how have you worked within that system for 15 years, yes, as you mentioned? So being a strong and courageous woman, I actually started in the criminal justice system when I was 20 years old. I worked as a probation and parole intern up in Alaska. And um, I have my bachelor's in criminal justice and my master's in social work. And so I've just always absolutely loved working with people who others didn't really want to mess with. Like I, Mm. I was lonely a lot when I was a child. And so I really feel like people in the criminal justice system are lonely a lot. So I just, my heart goes mm-hmm. out to them because yes, yeah. they made poor choices, but that doesn't mean that that changes their value or their worth. And so mm-hmm. I um, just absolutely have loved being in that system and I've worked in a lot of different areas. So I worked as a parole and um, probation intern. I've also worked in a juvenile detention center where I got to be a transporter and was able to bring kiddos that had, you know, made poor choices and drove them to the long-term facilities that they were being sentenced to. And it was kind of fun with them. If they started to act up, I would threaten to play country music. 
they hated country <laughs> music for some reason that I was in Colorado. And so that was kind of a tactic I would use to like have them like simmer down, like y'all are fine. Let's get you, let's get you to where you need to be. So there's that. And then um, I've also, once I decided to stay home and no longer work um, and just be a, you know, a mom to my kiddos, I, I couldn't just be a mom. I, I still needed to use my skills. So I would volunteer in the prisons and would run Bible studies. So even though I wasn't actually like working, I would still choose to go in and, and work in different facilities um, and just get to know the women. And I've worked with men in prison too, but I found that I've, I'm more influential with the women. And honestly, they're not sure what to do with me when I walk into a prison because <laughs> I'm kind of just this normal Midwestern, well, I'm Alaskan, but like I look like this little blonde Midwestern girl, right? And I don't have any experience of getting in trouble or drug use or anything like that. But I do have the experience of feeling lonely, feeling lost, feeling abandoned, feeling, you know, all of those feelings that most people in prison, most people in general, have felt. And what I've found too is that there's not much difference between those of us who have never been arrested in prison and those that are in prison. It really was mm-hmm. a couple choices that got them there. And so mm-hmm. I just think it's so important that we um, respect those people and respect them mm-hmm. as people and value them. And so I just, that that's one of my passions. I absolutely love yeah. working in the prisons. And since COVID, I haven't been able to go and volunteer um, because they haven't opened up the prisons here in Minnesota yet for volunteers. But I'm looking forward to that day when I can go back in. Yeah, that's so well said. That's a beautiful ministry. I've never had any experience working in prisons, but I I, I don't know. I, I just I do feel for for those who are. And I think our faith, because our faith is a redemptive faith, right? Like we're a faith of second chances. You know, Christ gave yes. us this this redemption and second chance. I feel like we do need to look at our, our prison system in a a different way, like for what it is, it's supposed to be correctional. It's supposed to be restorative, and and you know, I, I think sometimes we we don't look at it that way. It's not necessarily justice in the or mercy, you know. Anyways, that's a whole other yeah. topic for another time. But sure. I totally well, agree with what you're saying. <laughs> yes, and how I explain it to my girls when I would go and volunteer, they're seven and five. It's like mommy's going to go to prison and she's going to work with women who are on timeout because they made poor choices. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> once their timeout is over, they get to go back and try again. And so it is just like a really big timeout for people to realize like, okay, what did I do? What do I need to change? And, you know, some people take advantage of that and some people don't. That's the Lord has given us free will. And so they get to decide that, but at least, you know, um, they have an opportunity there. So, and many, for many of them, I know this is kind of off topic of what we're talking about, but for many of them, this is the first time they've ever felt number one, safe, like literally safer in Mm. prison than Mm -hmm. out. Right. They've had three basic meals. They've had medication that they need because 80% of people in prison have mental health issues, right. And Mm -hmm. struggle with things like that. And so it is just, I feel like it is an amazing opportunity. Some people think that it's like, oh, their life's over. Well, no, maybe their life's just beginning because they're right. they're getting a fresh start. 
Oh man, it's such a, it, that is, it is such a beautiful ministry and you're right. We could talk about it. It's such a complicated, like layered, there's so many different levels to it as well, but I, I love, thank you for what you're doing. I think it is a beautiful, beautiful gift and beautiful ministry. And um, the verse that you've picked is kind of Paul addressing Timothy and encouraging him to use his gifts. So you've picked uh, second, the second letter to Timothy chapter one, verse seven. So I'm just going to have you read that for us. And then I'll give a little bit of background about the verse. So it's for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Okay. My translation is a little bit different, but similar sentiment. Mine says, for God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. But same same sentiment, you know, I think. Yes. Um, so this is Paul's second letter to Timothy. In my second season, I had a friend pick beginning of First Timothy. And it's kind of similar. The, the greetings are certainly similar. In this particular letter, Paul is said to be imprisoned probably in Rome and that Timothy is in Ephesus. And Paul is always trying to encourage Timothy. He's trying to set Timothy up to be his successor um, after he dies. And um, right now in the church, you know, during this time in Paul's life, the church is growing, but they're also grappling with like what is correct, what is wrong, what's a good interpretation of what Christ left us. And, you know, they're trying to figure it all out. Um, so Paul's try to, trying to encourage Timothy um, to stay the course, to not be misguided by anything corrupt or any other kind of like misleading teachings and to endure through suffering because they're all they're going through persecutions at this time. So that's kind of where we're at in history and like what Paul's trying to do, I think, with this letter. But my first question for my guests is, why did you pick this verse, Tabitha, out of all the verses you could pick? Well, first, I'm definitely a fan of Paul because he spent so much time in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make the connection. Like, That's so, I didn't even realize that, <laughs> that, that you yes. would pick that, but that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he is a trooper, right? And the fact that he's like, hey, hey, Tim, like, let's not fear. And he's in freaking prison, right? Like, right, that is right. like some legitimate claim of like, take take this for face value. Um, so was, there was that. But then there was also... I have struggled with fear my entire life. And it's not even like real life fear. It's just the what ifs and the the people pleasing and just all these things in my mind that have held me back. And I really think fear, um, you know, the other word that's used is timidity. It's like being mm -hmm. timid, right? It's like holding back from doing fully what you want to do. And I have held myself back in so many areas and have seen other women hold themselves back. And so this verse has just really spoke to me. I actually have it written on a little blue sticky on my screen. So when I feel challenged in different ways or ill-equipped to handle something, I have this verse to be like, no, this fear is not of God. I am powerful. I am loved. And I have self-discipline to figure this out. And so I just mm -hmm. absolutely love this verse. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a popular one. Like no one's discussed it on my podcast before, but it's certainly one that I kind of grew up with. And being a, a Catholic and a teacher, this is one that definitely throughout my life has um, I've heard a lot. And it's short, you know, so it's it's something to remember. Um, it makes me think of all Paul talks also about like the fruits of the spirit, right? And so I feel yeah. like self control is one of the fruits of the spirit. So these and love, like these these fruits, he talks a lot about, and the gifts of the spirit, he talks a lot about these these gifts that God has given us. And it is such a good reminder because like you said, I think fear right now because of the pandemic, because of all the things we've got going on in our world right now, um, right now we're, we're recording this in March. And so Russia has 
invaded Ukraine. And so there's lots of things to be afraid of, I feel like, in our world right now. So it's a good reminder, like you said, like to have a little post-it to be like, that's not of God. Like the fear is not of God. God has given us a spirit of love, a spirit of self-control. So I don't know if you wanted to kind of um, take this and, and, and relate that to kind of what's going on in our world today. Well, you know, what I can do is like, I just love to break things down into small little pieces. So the fact that God addresses, like Paul addresses in this letter, like one negative thing, but like three positive things. Mm -hmm. It just Mm -hmm. is so encouraging. And I used to think that when I experienced fear, that that was God, that that was promptings Mm -hmm. of like, oh, stay Mm -hmm. safe. Oh, you're not supposed to do something. What I didn't realize is that my brain wanted to keep me safe. So it didn't necessarily want me to put myself out there. And so a lot of times our brain thinks that we're afraid of something when really it's just something new. It's new territory. And then people Mm -hmm. allow that to stop them from pushing through. And so I love that Paul identifies in Timothy that he needs to start stepping up and being more bold Mm -hmm. in his faith. And not being so fearful of whether it's, you know, people pleasing, if people were saying, oh, you're not doing it right, Timothy, or if it was he felt like he wasn't qualified, right? Like that imposter syndrome. Like there's just so many reasons that we can hold ourselves back from doing something. And a lot of times when we when we hear the word fear, it can be something scary, like a horror film or fear of death or or fear of like big things. But really, if we take a look at it, it's really just holding ourselves back from doing something, holding ourselves back from the true joy we're supposed to experience through Christ. And so I love that he then transitions that we have the power. And so many times that, you know, I've been in a lot of women's ministries. So many times we focus on we're supposed to be, you know, in our weakness, you know, God is our strength and our weakness. And he absolutely is. But I think we need to focus on the power that he gives us, Mm -hmm. right? Like we can Mm -hmm. be powerful and still want him to step in and help us with figuring things out and being powerful and strong and courageous, which is part of my personal contract of, I just always want to feel like I can handle whatever is coming my way, not on my own, but with God. And I'm not going to pretend to be mild and meek about it. I want to be powerful and strong. And then Paul Mm -hmm. transitions into love, which is the basis of Jesus, right? The basis of Christianity, where it is so important that we love. Like that is why Jesus died on the cross is because he loved us so much. He wanted to sacrifice everything so we can go to heaven and spend eternity with him. But we can't get that unless we have that self-discipline. And that self-discipline, like you said, was part of like the fruit of the spirit. So we all have that within us, but we have to tap into it. We have to cultivate it. It doesn't just happen. It's like a muscle that we have to kind of keep working on. And so having this discipline to have integrity with ourselves, right? To follow through with what we say we're going to do, to follow through with what we know God wants us to do. Because obedience isn't necessarily doing the right thing. It's doing the thing that God's asking us to do. So I just love Mm -hmm. how, even though like simple and small, this one verse is how power packed it is for us to use in our life to get us really through any situation. 
Yes, I think that's so well said. I like how you kind of broke it down and how one thing leads to the other and how he's saying there's, you know, there's the one negative thing, which we are not, that God is not. And then what we what he is, is he is power or he's given us power and love and self-control. And when you were talking, I the fear part, I think a lot of the time it's, you know, I believe the devil is also trying to to get at us and he doesn't want us to do the thing that God, he doesn't want us to be powerful. He, we recently in, in the Catholic church, we are we're in Lent right now. So we had the reading this past Sunday about Jesus being tempted by the devil in the desert and that the devil tempts Jesus with like this thing, like, you know, you could have all this, all this could be yours, this power, right? Um, and then Jesus comes back at him with scripture to kind of to kind of combat what he's tempting him with. So I, I don't know, when you were speaking earlier about the fear, I think sometimes the devil is trying to keep us from doing that thing that Christ has sent set us to do that mission. And that's what he's doing with Christ in the desert too. He's like trying to keep him from doing the, the mission that he's being sent to do, which is to redeem us. So I don't know, that's kind of what came to mind when, when you were speaking. I don't know if you wanted to respond to that at all. Yes. And actually that is a verse that I have reflected on recently. And the, the what jumped out at me was that what Jesus combated Satan with was with scripture, with, right, with right. the word, right? Like mm-hmm. every time Satan would be like, hey, you can have this. Jesus is like, uh-uh, like God says this, this is in the Bible, like, like with truth. And so it's so important that we saturate our minds in truth. And the only truth there is, is the Bible. And so to take the time to know what is in the Bible is so important in order to conquer through that fear, to know your power, to know what true love is, and to have that self-discipline. So I absolutely mm-hmm. love that verse um, as well, or those verses regarding Jesus being tempted because it also makes him real, right? Like a lot of times yeah. we think of God and somewhat unrelatable, like God, he's just kind of up in heaven and kind of this abstract thing because we as humans needed to be able to connect with another human. And he experienced all the temptations that we've experienced. And so it just really puts him on this high pedestal of like, man, like Jesus figured out how to conquer all of that, right? He knew scripture, like all of these things that we can be encouraged to be more like Christ because of what he demonstrated. Yes, absolutely. As you were talking, I was thinking, so of these things like of power and love and self-control, do you think there's any one thing, one of those that we struggle the most with right now in actually receiving and fully embracing or, or do you think it's just all three? We really, we really need kind of equally. Is there any one that you think we struggle with more? I think that's a great question. Um, honestly, each of them kind of carries their own weight. Um, but I, the self-discipline, that's always been something mm-hmm. that has been um really important to me as just as a human. <laughs> I'm a type yeah. one on the Enneagram. So for any of those that are familiar with me the too. Enneagram, you are? I am too. Oh my gosh. I am. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> like so like-minded, right? And so like integrity, self-discipline, like doing the right thing is so important for, for our personalities, right, Julia? And so mm. I think that that is... Um, a challenge for many of the women that I have coached is this idea that um, they don't follow through with the little things in their life. And so then it's harder to follow through with the big things. And God gives us an opportunity to create self-discipline 
in small little ways, whether it's the food that we choose, the music we listen to, the shows that we watch, the people we surround ourselves with, the words that come out of our mouth. He gives us opportunities to practice self-discipline little bit by little bit. And then as we show and demonstrate our capacity, he gives us more and more opportunities to be able to like step into his purpose and be a real impact for people. So I just really think that that is one that needs to be addressed more often than it is because I feel Mm -hmm. like in our society so much we're about comfort and self-discipline is not comfortable at all. Right, Julia? Right. Yeah, no, that's when I am. I'm a teacher and I teach middle school. And so they they struggle with self-control and discipline for, you know, just natural reasons. It's that time in their life where they really literally can't control their bodies. Like they, you know, they can't sit still. They're just all over the place. Their bodies are changing. But um, I agree with you, too, that I think in our culture, um, you know, we've seen it with this pandemic. We were kind of told to try to be a little bit more self-controlled for the good of everybody. And we couldn't do it. You know, it wasn't comfortable and it was hard and people didn't want to sacrifice and, or do it for as long as maybe we, we needed to. And and so that self-control um, I think was hard for us and is hard for us. You spoke a little bit more about earlier before about being like brave and courageous and that power. I don't know how, how do you see maybe either as women or just maybe those of us who aren't considered or we don't, we're not in positions of power. How can we harness that power that God gives us? Yeah. So, I mean, right now I am a stay-at-home mom. I'm a life coach. And now my dad has actually come to live with us because of some medical issues. So I am not a leader of a business or a big shot CEO by any means, but I still consider myself powerful and courageous and brave by all of the decisions I have to make, whether it's for my kiddos for my dad, for myself. So I think anyone can grasp that power. And really power is just an opportunity to take advantage of op- like of what God has given you, right? And to feel confident in it and to feel equipped. And so it doesn't matter who you are, what position you have, you can embrace that power. And I really think that power also has to be aligned with your mind, your body, and your spirit. It's really hard to feel super powerful if you feel maybe physically weak or mentally weak or spiritually weak. So being able to identify like your mental capacity, right? Of like, okay, I I get stressed out a lot. Okay, what can I do to take my thoughts captive? Because Christ calls us to take our thoughts captive. Okay, well, my body, my body is a temple. How can I make sure that that is strong and that is powerful. Okay, how how do I make my spiritual life? Well, I can be in the word, right? And so if you kind of just break it down into smaller pieces, it makes it more manageable. And instead of trying to conquer all of them at one time, choosing one thing that seems to be the most challenging. So a lot of the women that I've coached as a life coach is they have wanted to create a quiet time in their mornings. Like, Tabitha, I just want to wake up early before my kiddos and I want to be able to have quiet time, but I cannot seem to do it. It is so hard. And that's also where that self-discipline comes in, right? So I encourage them and we talk about who they are and the power that they have, that it's not life happening to them, that they get to create the life that they have. They get to decide what time they go to bed and what time they wake up. And then that allows them to feel more empowered to wake up 
to be in the word, right? So then maybe they exercise a little bit too. And so then that empowers their body. And then with that, they follow through with everything that they said they're going to do. And then therefore that empowers their mind. So within the first hour of waking up, they could have been empowering all three areas of their life. And I think it's just so important that we identify that it doesn't have to be big and bold and crazy. It can be small little edits in our life. And I really think that even Christ just wants us to just start small in our hearts and then work up to the big things. Yeah, I think you're right. When I think that the power and the self-discipline do go hand in hand, like you were describing. I often tell my students, you know, that they have the power to create the classroom that that they that we we want and desire, you know, uh, depending like on how their behavior is like, that's the kind of dynamic we can have in our classroom. So if we're all self-disciplined and we are, you know, on it and we're respecting each other and we're doing meeting expectations, then we can have a very powerful, strong dynamic in the classroom. But if we're not self-disciplined, then they use that power for, for different things. And that kind of distracts from what we're, the goal we're trying to achieve, you know? So I think that's a, that's a good, like what you were just explaining about small, tangible things. I think even that's like what came to mind, you know, this, like my students have the small, tangible little, you know, power, you know, within the classroom to, I don't know, to create um, what they want and what they can, um, even in that. I don't want to stray too much from the verse, and I want to give you time to kind of share your your final thoughts on it. But the verse right after, verse 8, is really powerful to me when I was doing my research and kind of looking at the context. Um, do you mind if I... I read it. The I love the it. Verse. Okay. It's a really good one too. I feel like, so after Paul, you know, says this to Timothy, like he did not give us um, a spirit of cowardice. He then says, so do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. And I don't know, that kind of just like struck me uh, because sharing the gospel is hard <laughs> sometimes in our world. And um, again, we need that strength. But Paul is just so beautiful how he's encouraging Timothy to like to bear that hardship, you know, for the sake of God, for the sake of him and their friendship and um, for his own testimony. So I don't know. Did you want to say anything about that verse? Yes, absolutely. So I actually have um, a couple pieces of clothing that say Jesus is king and I love to wear it and just claim and not be ashamed of who my number one is. And, but I wasn't completely confident the first time I wore it, <laughs> to be honest. Sure, sure. And that was a really good check in my spirit of, wow, Tabitha, like you're, you're having a hard time putting on the sweatshirt to go to the gym. This is Jesus is King. Like you absolutely now have to wear that because you need to work through this. <laughs> and you mm-hmm. know what? The response to that has been amazing. I've gotten so many smiles and so many like people say that they love my sweatshirt and just being able to not be ashamed of Christ, right? There are going to be people who challenge you. Absolutely. But we live in America. We live in a very blessed country where, yes, there are people again that will challenge us, but we don't have to endure what most people do around the world. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know when I was reading that earlier, I I just, that also really just stood out to me and just maybe that, maybe that was the message that I also kind of needed to hear of just like to not be ashamed of, 
of the faith and the testimony right now. But I want to, as we're getting close to the end here, I want to give you just kind of like last takeaways or what else would you like us to kind of take away from the verse that you chose? Just this opportunity that even something like a small little verse like this is so packed with richness and how out of everything, like Christ wants us to remember that we don't have to be fearful and that we we can feel his power, his love, and his self-discipline. And all of that is literally within inside of us for those that mm-hmm. believe in Christ. And like it is mm-hmm. accessible at any point. It is not something we have to earn. It's not something we have to seek out. It is absolutely something that takes practice and that will come up a lot quicker the more often that we seek it out. But so many times I think that we feel like we have to earn it or it, other people have more power, you know, or, or in other words, confidence, right? You can see like that woman walking down the street, like, oh, she's just seems so confident. How is she so confident? Well, Christ gives us that confidence and that power to, to do what he asks us to do, to live out the life that we're supposed to. And like you talked about in verse eight, like not be ashamed for talking mm-hmm. about Christ, right? Not being ashamed to going up to that person and say, hey, by the way, God loves you or stopping and talking to someone who looks like they're upset and praying for them. Like be bold. Do not be afraid to do what God is calling you to do. Amen. Yeah, I agree. I, as uh, Catholics, we believe by our baptism, you know, we're given all those gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I like how you said that they are accessible and they're tangible, that they're there. But as you said as well, like we have to use them, you know, it's, it's our choice. You mentioned earlier, we have the free will to use those gifts or not, God is not going to force us. Um, and the more that we use them, the more self-disciplined, you know, then, then the more easily accessible they're going to be to us because we're used to, to accessing them. So, um, yeah, this has given us a lot to think about. Um, at the end, I give my guests a chance to plug any websites or social media. So where can we find out more about you or what would you like us to check out? Yeah, so I would love for you to check me out at tabithaperry.coach. It's my website. And you can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, Tabitha Perry Life Coach. And so I absolutely love helping women create small edits in their life so that way they can create order out of their chaos. Because in Genesis 1, right, when Christ created, when God created the universe, he was very ordered in everything that he did. And I really feel like we have the ability and the purpose to live our lives very, very ordered. And so I love researching scripture and being able to encourage women to have that quiet time and to know the word and to know who Christ made them. So that way they can step into their fullest potential. All right. And you all can find me on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. You can also find me on Twitter at Miss Struckley one M S S T R U K E L Y one. And I tweet about what I'm doing in my classroom. Feel free to reach out to me on either of those platforms. I'd love to have you as a guest or just hear what you have to say about the podcast or anything. Um, But Tabitha, thank you again for being here and for talking about this verse with us. Thank you, Julia. Bye, everyone.